another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone and this is episode 53 of the podcast as we continue chatting about all things Dark Crystal. This episode we're going to continue with covering the Dark Crystal board game. I know on the previous episode we I chatted to Johnny Fraser Allen who did the art and the sculptures for the Dark Crystal board game and so on this episode I'll be chatting to sort of the creator of the board game the, who did the game design, uh, Alessio Cavatori. Also, just wanted to remind you all that we have a Patreon for the podcast. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast for just a low price of a dollar per month, you can get access to all our shows with Trial by Stone, The Dark Crystal Minute, and The Gathering Songs with early access to those episodes. So right now, I actually have the next episode, episode 54, on the Patreon feed right now, which on that episode, I got a chance to chat to Philip Kennedy Johnson on The Power of the Dark Crystal. And um, we actually, I actually had a great time chatting to him about the comic book series that I got to chat to him, you know, after the whole comic series, the 12 part got all wrapped up. So it's just very exciting. It definitely brought a bit of an insight uh, with the comic book series and just probably some of the uh, big questions I think fans sort of have got in mind uh, with those, uh, com- with the comic book series. Um, so if you actually want to listen to that episode right now, then you can do so by pledging your support on Patreon. The Patreon page is at www.patreon.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast. So as I mentioned on this episode of the show, we have Alessio Cavatori on the show. He worked on the Dark Crystal board game with the, de- with the design of the board game, the rules, and one of the main people behind River Horse Games, which you know is a company that, that um, works on a number of licensed board games and tabletops. So, I mean, they've done board games on uh, Labyrinth, of course, uh, My Little Pony, um, I think Terminator, and uh, and most recently um, they had a Kickstarter for their uh, tabletop game for Pacific Rim, which has been doing uh, doing like hotcakes, <laughs> um, from what I've heard. So, which has been fantastic for the company. And so, I mean, and as always, you know, I ha- I had a great time chatting to Alessio about the board game. Also, just wanted to let you know that this interview was recorded a week or two after the release of the board game. Uh, just to put it into, in perspective, because I think on the show I did ask him about what the future of the board game um, there might be. And I think, you know, he couldn't really say too much um, because it was sort of like that the board game had only been out uh, for a couple of weeks. So it was sort of like hard to tell, like, you know, based on the success of the sales and whatnot. Um, so I just wanted to let you know about that in perspective. So let's go to the Podling Village to chat to Alicia about the Dark Crystal and his work on the Dark Crystal, the board game. Enjoy. All right, so on this episode of Trial by Stone, we got Alessio Cavatori. He is the game designer of the Dark Crystal, the board game and the managing director of River Horse Games. He's worked on a lot of other uh, board games, not only Dark Crystal, but also with 
uh, Labyrinth and uh, Terminator Genesis and many more. And um, and and originally I started off, you know, uh, working at our Games Workshop uh, many many years ago. So um, yeah, so I just want to say, Alessio, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I guess on the show we'll definitely talk about working um, with board games with the Dark Crystal board game and a couple of other things. Um, but I would love to know, um, like, how did you discover the Dark Crystal? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that is um, like 1983. So I was born in 72. So I would have been 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I would have been 11. And yeah. I remember clearly, I remember clearly seeing it in the, in the theater, in the cinema. Yeah, and this was this was in Italy. So actually, in Italy, Dark Crystal never quite became the big success that was in uh, English-speaking countries. Uh, I remember that it was very much of a niche thing, and I, only only I think because of my passion for fantasy in general, and probably by then it would have been a couple of years later because normally it comes out a little bit later. So we're talking about what 80, 84, something like that. So 11, 12 year old. You know, with a passion for, for fantasy, and surely I was going to see all these obscure little movies that, you know, definitely not for the majority of people in Italy. Very much of a, of a niche for geeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's when I went to the theater. I think with my cousin, if I remember correctly. And, yeah, these two little kids went and saw this and were like, whoa, <laughs> that was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, co- completely <laughs> different. To, yeah. <laughs> Never seen anything even vaguely like that. It was just, you know, it was just mind blowing. It was like that. It was really, you know, it's because you're used to see uh, shows that, particularly because also people not knowing, uh, it was very much presented as a, oh, it's for kids. It's got puppets, uh, you know. So clearly, it's for kids, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and you kind of go, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a little bit. I mean, you know, sort of. Sort of has that inspiration from like the grim sort of storytells, the storytelling, um, you know, to you know, to get kids to be scared a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a film that I, I guess you know, going through going from the Muppets with Jim straight into something like Dark Crystal was such a uh, a different direction. Yes, and I think I think that's why I mean people were not. I mean, probably the reviewers didn't particularly bother checking it, and. Uh, it was very much presented. Yeah, yeah, kiddie thing. But, which, of course, like all Hanson creations, it certainly is good for kids. It, they're very watchable for kids. It's always films that you can watch with your kids and not have any trouble. I hope. <laughs> I've definitely shown them to all to, to my daughter without without, without a problem. Uh, so they have the the beautiful double readings and like all great animation, like all great uh, movies for 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 kids and for adults where the adult would get it you know will get different levels of the of the film of the meaning while the kid will just enjoy you know on a simpler level but it works for both which is which is great yes yeah absolutely and um yeah it's just a really interesting yeah you know with, with the film and i guess you know we're seeing the film for the first time who would you who would be your f- favorite character from the dark crystal I have to say that uh, I always say this to people when uh, when we talk about our crystal is that in my opinion the, the Skex is kind of steal the show a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think that they're just they're just so characterful, and I think it has to be the Chamberlain. It has to be the Chamberlain because I, I, every time again when we play the game, every time I always end up going. Mm, yeah, <laughs> every <laughs> single the, time. Noises, so the, yeah. <laughs> So I think my colleagues are pretty pretty nauseated of of hearing me going, mm, 
Yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know, if you're the boss, they have to put up with it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah so I'll say the Chamberlain. The Chamberlain, yeah, yeah, and yeah, because I mean, yeah, with the uh, Skeksis, they're just so um detailed, like those characters, you know, with the costumes and stuff, and um, yeah, they're really like unlike anything, um, with those those characters of the Skeksis. Um, uh, so so I mean, and with the film, like, what would be your favorite scene from the Dark Crystal? Favorite scene from the Dark Crystal? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, hmm. Let me think. I like when the Chamberlain is talking to Jen and he kind of tries to persuade him that actually, you know, they, they, they're, they're not enemies. Because I, I like the, the subtlety of it, the fact that it is not, you know, everything else is being very blunt. You know, the general is very, everything is, is very obvious. And that's the one moment when he actually goes, you know, we, you know, we were not here to hurt you. You know, come over. We, you know, we'll work it out. Yeah, yeah. Please make <laughs> peace. <laughs> uh, and there is that one moment when you think Jen may actually believe it, uh, and I, I like that as well. kind of that, that moment of, ooh, ooh, will it, will, will he believe it? Will he not? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. With with that scene. So um, yeah, yeah. It is a pretty yeah good scene and. And even before, so you know, getting to see the the wall of De- wall of destiny, sort of the history of the Gelflings, and um, and then and then yeah, there's just the Gelflings with Jen and Kira being able to yeah work out the prophecy, and um, yeah, then the Chamberlain sort of comes out of nowhere and yeah, <laughs> pleads with them. Yeah, and, I think yeah. The, you're right. That scene, that scene is a strong scene, but if it, it, it does something that. Uh, I always, you know, as you know, I, I worked a lot on uh, Lord of the Rings material. I mean, Lord of the Rings is for me, I suppose, I'm not a religious person, uh, but the, the Lord of the Rings for me is kind of like a, the closest I have to religion really in my life. <laughs> it's my Bible. So, and Tolkien does that a lot. With a, with a few words, it gives you the feeling of huge depth, huge history. You know, it just takes so few words if you if you if you know your language well. And in that case, that scene does the very same thing. It gives you this feeling of you know thousands of years of years of history. It just gives you the oh my god, what, all of this stuff happened and uh, all of these facts happened to pass and all the. And, so it just definitely gives it a lot of depth, which you know I'm happy that actually with with Age of Resistance now they're they're gonna give us a little bit of that, uh, explore that a bit. So yeah, no, I think it's, you're right. Yeah, it exactly. Adds yeah. a lot of depth to the movie. Yeah, it's gonna be a very um, exciting time, like when the show comes out, and sort of yeah, really I hope hoping they'll really delve you know in the history of the Galflings. I mean, because it's it's at a time where they're all sort of um uh, they're all they're all alive and all you know present and whatnot, um trying to fight against the Skeksis. Um, so it be interesting to see, yeah, to see all the different characters and different clans and what they'll look like in the show, um, which is all, yeah, very exciting stuff. And so I guess, you know, you know you, you've been working on, you know, with, with miniatures, with tabletops and also with board games. Um, how, how did it all started for you um, with, with working in sort of that industry and then, you know, with being involved um, with Games Workshop and beyond? Well, my, my, my love for toy soldiers started when I was, again, a young kid. I played some um, some some 
games that were in in books. They were battle game books, and they had little. They were like historical uh, about medieval knights, about World War Two, historical uh, books with a lot of beautiful illustration, and then some little games at the end that you kind of hex games that you photocopied. But they had rules, obviously, and I took those rules as a I don't know, 10, 10, 10 11, 12, you know, young, young teenager. Uh, I took those rules and I started to play with my toy soldiers, my little plastic toy soldiers on the floor of my room. Uh, and my room had a kind of a, a wooden floor with a with a square motif, which was was perfect. So, so I started playing there, and then it came to board games, Avalon Hill, war games. Then I discovered D and D. So there was a role play, Lord of the Rings came about. So fantasy. And then, of course, uh, also the, the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and all the movies of the 80s, you know, Willow, all those, the, the, the never-ending story, <laughs> all that, that period. Uh, and so um, I love the, the genre. I played a lot of games. And a few years later, I discovered Warhammer. I played Warhammer quite fanatically in my late teens, uh, early university, and uh, I won a tournament, the Italian Warhammer tournament, which obviously was a small affair at the time. There weren't many people in that. Again, it's all very niche, all very, very limited amount of uh, the amount of people in Italy that can actually engage with all of this because you have to imagine that all of this, 90% of this was in English uh, because it was so small that it wasn't worth translating for many companies. For so, so it was literally a, a small group of people that, could read English to a certain level, could could basically enjoy these products, all these films, these books. And uh, so, yeah, we I learned there my, my Warhammer and then uh, won the tournament and then Games Workshop uh, was actually opening Games Workshop Italy. The the, the main the main uh, English uh, company was opening this, this Italian branch. And so they started, and they were starting to translate into Italian all the other products. That is Warhammer fifth edition, fourth edition, fourth edition, and and I yeah I got basically to talk into the to the people at the top there and uh, got offered a job eventually took it and uh, yeah I started to work for Games Workshop moved to England I started to yeah. work for them oh wow yeah that, that's that is awesome yeah and and like I, I also remember as a kid you know I always go to um, you know, once a week, wherever I'm at, at a shopping center, and always uh, visit the Games Workshop store, and um, you always have good memories of sort of you know going there, and even even just like watching other people uh, play um, with the the tabletop miniatures. I always sort of uh, yeah, a bit fascinated um, about it, and I think I used to collect um, uh, I think with the Lord of the Rings uh, miniatures, um, which I think I did it through a, one of those magazine subscriptions. I think that was done, you know you know, that was part of the Games Workshop and, you know, some other magazine company. Um, I remember... Yeah, the Agostini. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Agostini. I, I, was, I was involved in making those. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah with the Lord of the Rings, yeah. And, well, because, I mean, because what was it like, you know, sort of, you know, finally be able, you know, to be able to work on sort of a franchise that you sort of grew up and loved, um, like with the Lord of the Rings, as you said, was sort of almost like a, a religion um, to be able to work on the miniatures, you know, based on the the Lord of the Rings uh, movie trilogy? Uh, well, it was amazing. As I always say, for me, it was a bit of a mystic 
uh, experience really uh, to actually through working on the on the on the game to actually being invited on the set of the movies and actually have I have my little cameo in the movie as well. I'm I'm a, I'm a writer of Rohan. Um, in fact, I'm a, I'm a dead writer of Rohan. It's a very important part. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that was uh, was astonishing. You know, meeting the people, the actors that you've seen in the first movie, and then you see them, you know, while well, they're filming the last movie, and you're you're in there. You're, you're yeah, talking in the to Return them of the King, yeah. <laughs> yes, which is which is yeah, it, it was really a surreal experience and uh, an experience for which I am eternally grateful, both to Games Workshop, which obviously sent me there, but also to to Weta, Weta Workshop, that were unbelievably nice, unbelievably welcoming. Uh, I mean. I was uh, I was a guest at Richard Taylor's house, and uh, they they showed us around. Peter Jackson, you know, took a lot of time for us, and uh, I played, you know, uh, the, my game with Peter Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> wow, was, yeah, uh, yeah, which was, you know, uh, kind of slightly again, slightly surreal. Um, bizarrely, actually, there's a link with the games we're making now uh, with Weta because the uh, figure, the, the person that is sculpting the the miniatures, both for Labyrinth and for the Dark Crystal, and uh, he's also drawing the artwork. He's drawing the artwork for the for the Dark Crystal and the Labyrinth. Uh, is Johnny Fraser Allen, which uh, mostly works for uh, Weta Workshop uh, and uh, also does freelancing. So uh, obviously we have the we're lucky enough that we can uh, use his talent for for our for our games. But uh, working with Weta in, in a not quite a direct way, but uh, you know by, by being close to them and you know, uh, I I gave copies of uh, the games to to Richard Taylor, Peter Jackson, and uh, and I got you know they got back in touch and said, oh wow, they, 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 those games are really cool. And it, for me, it was fantastic to get you know the kind of uh, a kind of recognition because obviously these people have given me so much, and, and to be able to give them even a little bit back is just just you know is, is a real pleasure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I I actually had a chance to chat to um Johnny Fraser Allen um uh recently so i mean that that's one of the episodes i'll be coming up on on the trial by stone podcast so um so which is which is pretty cool to um to talk about you know with this um the dark crystal board game um that's recently uh come out and so i mean i mean that that was the thing like um how did it all started with um uh with getting the the board games happening i mean not with Dark Crystal, but also with um with Labyrinth in a way, and how did it all work with the Jim Henson company uh, to make it all happen? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it did start with Labyrinth. We did in order. We did first the Labyrinth game and then the Dark Crystal game. Um, yeah, basically, we we're talking about a few years ago. I was at a licensing convention, uh, the the British uh, licensing event in in London, <clears throat> and. Um, and I was walking around. Uh, we were looking at, you know, anything that was inspiring, good ideas, etc. And I happened to pass by the Jim Henson company's stand, and I was like, "Wow, I didn't know they were here." Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, I missed that on the on the. On the... So actually, I, I was there with a, with a colleague of mine, and I just went, "You know what would make a fantastic board game? You know, it would be perfect for a board game. Like, you know, the labyrinth." That's all inside a place that you have to solve a maze. So that's, that's just a war game waiting to happen. I wonder if they're interesting. So if they're interested, so I went in, started to have a chat, and uh, and they, they they were interested. They they agreed with me basically that the whole idea of the labyrinth seemed to make a perfect setting for a for a for a board game. Yes, yeah. So we, 
yeah, so we worked it out. We made a game that was a great success. I mean, it still is a great success. And astonishingly, it just keeps, you know, giving that that, that is just just the it is very very successful. And obviously, on the on the uh, kind of the the positive vibe from from the first game, then obviously naturally we just went, oh, uh, um. Could we? Would you mind if we did a Dark Crystal <laughs> yeah. board game now? And, uh, and they were more than happy. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they were absolutely because obviously when things go well, people are uh, trust you. People trust you, and uh, with trust comes opportunity. And that was definitely uh, the Dark Crystal. Obviously, it just been released like a couple of like last week. So obviously, it's early. It's early time to say, but certainly it's off to a very good start as well. So we're really happy. Yeah, that, that, that is awesome. To, yeah, to hear that. Yeah, so the success of the labyrinth, the board game, and I think even for myself, like reading up all about labyrinth and um, the the Facebook group for it, really, um, really got a lot, you know, a uh, lot notice with, with the board game. Um, so it was yeah, fantastic to hear that. Um, that when you when when Riverhorse Games with you when you announced um, that the Dark Crystal board game was in the works. Uh, that it was all really exciting because, I mean, you know, with Dark Crystal, there hasn't been a lot of merchandise or, you know, there has been, but not as much, you know, compared to other sort of uh, big franchises. So, um, which is um, very, very cool indeed, yeah. Well, I think that uh, also, the, like Dark Crystal being the second game in the, in the series, so to speak, uh, it certainly benefited from the lessons we learned while doing the first one. I think the I think in terms of graphics, in terms of gameplay, I think we have improved. We have gone even, you know, even better in the sense that I think the graphics we have more original artwork uh, because basically we we listen to the feedback of what people would have suggested. People have suggested about now. Oh, if you do another edition of Labyrinth, do this, do that. And like, well, well, before we do that, actually, let's apply these lessons and uh, put them in the in the Dark Crystal. And I mean, you'll see if you if you do get a copy of the game that uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff that we we learned and we applied and I think the game is even better because of that. Yeah. Cause I know like one of the things when I talked to Johnny Fraser Allen um, recently, and I think one of the big differences, I mean, with the sculpting point of view is the, the 3d scanning and sort of how that um, with 3d scanning, it's sort of that was used um, with the dark crystal board game, how it was able to sort of accurately, um, you know, scan, you know, the, the sculptures, you know, going from, um, the large sort of scale that he um, that he made down to the miniature size that sort of became you know the final um, end product you know for the board game. Um, so yeah, I was just yeah just remember that that was what, like one one of the many things of you know the improvements where I think in Labyrinth um, didn't I, I don't think three D scanning or three D printing was sort of um, uh, or, or yeah it wasn't around I think at that time I, I believe or something like that uh, yeah yeah. It was, it was, it was, but obviously, like uh, ourselves learning lessons, they were also learning lessons of how to optimize the process. And certainly, uh, we, your everything the sculpting of the miniatures, the scanning of the miniatures, the production, the level of details of the miniatures, and you can see that learning experience, you know, trickling in at all levels. For my, in, from my point of view, is game design. 
from the graphic designer guy is, is about the graphics and the images and the, all the digital side of things. Uh, from Johnny is the sculpting and the, and the, and the scanning, uh, the, the issues of production of the, the masters. So it's absolutely, we all have learned and we all have improved. And I, I'm really proud of the Dark Crystal. I mean, it, it looks, obviously, it's easy for me to say here. I was like, it looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I genuinely believe, I, I'm genuinely excited. I genuinely believe it is. It does look fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I, yeah, <laughs> like I, I recently got my hands on on the board game. So, um, like, I, like, I, I'm just looking at the miniatures right now. Just looking at the the detail, and and I have looked at, of course, at the the artwork that you know with the board game. And oh, and you have it's it. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have it. Yeah. So, um, and I will uh, definitely be uh, playing it. Um, uh, probably very very soon. I've sort of been um looking into the the rule books. You know, the the rule book. Um, just sort of getting grasp around. You know the way the game is played um and also i mean and, and, and i mean like what, what has um the feedback been from fans like have you heard much from fans who have you know who've actually you know that that have, that have played the board game uh what's the feedback been like um so far with the release of the dark crystal board game well i mean it's been as i said it's been a week so yeah yeah so <laughs> it's still pretty fresh yeah it's a bit early to say yeah yes yes, yes. uh we I mean, I, well, I did find out that there's a there's a there's an unforgivable typo that I made in there. So certainly the the first edition <laughs> will become a collectible because I need to fix that typo. <clears throat> but um, it's about uh, Garthims. Uh, basically, he doesn't say that their their brawn is is twelve is a d twelve. So I was like, oh, oh. Uh, but actually, that is a fairly common thing that happens in pretty much, in my experience, it happens in all war games, in all role-play games, in all board games. There's always a couple of things that always in the first edition you go, oh, that one, oh, and uh, that yeah. one. And then that. And, and, and that's sort of the good like thing. As soon as you do the next print run. Yeah, and, and that's sort of the good thing, I guess, like um, when you have like sort of the um, irradars um, on your website, um, if there's any sort of, you know, um, you know, mistakes or whatnot or corrections um, that need to be made. And I think like, I mean, one of those, I think when I was going through, you know, the rule book, I think there was like one page, I think it was like page seven on the illustration and how I think at the start, you know, the Skeksis, they have the trial by stone. And um, on the example, you know, it said, you know, with, um, uh, it, it was an example where um, the, the Emperor uh, won and uh, Skeksil starts in the moat space um, though he has like three willpower instead of um, the two willpower he's meant to have because he lost um, uh, in that trial by stone. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so the example, the yeah. image, the text and the image don't agree. That is a very, very good example of uh, something that actually people don't appreciate and I didn't appreciate it when it was just a customer and we're just using yeah. board games. Yes, yeah. A board game of that level Ha is actually fairly complex. It's a quite a big undertaking. It's quite a. There's a lot of factors that have to happen. You have to consider the sculpting. You have to consider the text. You have to consider the graphics, the artwork, the the uh, the graphics that actually not only the the decoration artwork but also the functional artwork, which is diagrams, you know, captions, and and a lot of people work on that. So keeping it all together through several iterations of the same thing, because obviously you do a first draft, then you send it for approval, then Hanson will give you feedback, then you send it for a proofread, the proofreader gives you feedback, then you play test it and you get some feedback. So it, 
obviously it's not just one person that works on those files. Oh, there's no, no. The one that collects the text, there's the one that lays out the graphics, the layout. Yeah. So keeping it all tied together is really difficult. I mean, yeah, of course. I, yeah. I remember, you know, like in, in the big uh, wargaming rule books, definitely the first printer and is always kind of like, oh, oh, okay, right. How many, how many ratas do we have there? <laughs> and it's just because it's such a complex thing with so many variables that. It yeah. always happens. And I oh, suppose yeah, of course, the, yeah. the, you said this illustrates a bit of the complexity of it. So the example you were saying was about some example, written example of a situation that has been recreated by somebody else as a, as a graphic. And then the text of the graphic have a little discrepancy because obviously this is a several people work. Yes. Yeah. And it, so anyway, the, what I was saying, the, the, the second edition, second print running fact of the of the game will obviously be will fix all of these. So that makes the first print run uh, a collectible. A collectible, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing with um with Dark Crystal, you know, collectibles that um they 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 actually really do age um over time um in in value. So um yeah, no, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but no, it's it's awesome to hear um that uh that there will be a, a second printing um of the board game. Um, yeah, which is just um, great. And so, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things is, I mean, you know, fans are sort of want to know about, um, I mean, what does the future hold, you know, for the Dark Crystal board game? I mean, of course, you mentioned about uh, there being a, a second printing of the board game in the works. Um, but I know, like, with Labyrinth, um, when that came out, you know, you, you had expansions for the game, um and or with uh three ups uh with the sculptures um is that something that might potentially uh, could happen with the dark crystal board game well obviously uh second print run expansions are always a function of the success of the sales success of the of the main game uh so obviously i cannot really promise anything at this stage as i said that the game is out has been out for a week yeah 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 <laughs> Normally it so, takes so, a few months. yeah yeah so still yeah still pretty <laughs> it, it, early it, days yeah yeah, it takes a few months to, to, to decide, you know, how to go about it. Uh, but, uh, I mean, as I said before, the first signs are awesome. The first signs are awesome. And then there's a big expectation for dark, uh, for the Age of Resistance coming out. And that should probably, I would guess, help with, with, with making the, the game more, more visible. Um, so I would guess, yes, I would guess there will be a another print run. And I will, I mean, Labyrinth is on it. One, two, he's on the fourth print run already. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like in, in a year. Yeah. So, so that, that, that is astonishing. So I, I will, I would guess yes. I'm optimistic about it. Uh, and uh, in terms of expansion, we already have started working on it. So we we trust, believe, and believe in this so much that uh, Johnny has been sculpting. We've been writing. So yeah, definitely, there's a uh, you know unless unless things go in a way that we don't. You know, we don't expect. Uh, we are definitely working towards making an expansion. And uh, I mean, I can certainly. I mean, if you look at the contents of the, uh, if you look at the contents of the labyrinth game, uh, there were some standees as well as plastic miniatures. There were some standees, cardboard standees, and in Dark Crystal 2, there's some miniatures and the cardboard, some cardboard standees for some characters like the Garthins, for example. And what we've done in the labyrinth, the first expansion is called Goblins. And that expansion replaces the standees with miniatures. Because it gives you miniatures that you actually plastic miniatures that you can use to replace the goblins in, in the battle, the battle in Goblin City. And adds adds some rules and some extra cards. It's not just miniatures; it's also some gaming material. But 
but obviously we were thinking of something like that uh, for uh, for Dark Crystal, obviously. Um, so if everything goes well, we'll be doing some more miniatures and uh, some more rules. And um, but yes, as I said, nothing is decided yet. We have to see how the how the sales go. Uh, you know, in, in a brutal way. Obviously, this is a commercial operation, so obviously you, you do want a successful product before you before you commit to making expansions to it, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah. And also, um, I think I think we might have mentioned, um, I think when we were messaging each other, and I was actually really curious about um, whether there was any plans for River Horse to sort of do sort of like a video walkthrough um, of the board game. And I think, um, was that something that's in, in the works or um, that might happen? Yes, yeah. yes. we... We have done a walkthrough of uh, an advanced prototype of the game, uh, which was at uh, Beast of War, which Beast of War is this uh, program, effectively uh, online program, which uh, does reviews of uh, war games, but also board games. And uh, these guys are based in Northern Ireland. And uh, they, they, I mean, they are, I mean, I'm sure you can publish a link to, to their show and, you know, they're quite uh quite the celebrities in, in our little niche world of, uh, of war games so we, we've been playing with them uh and so there's a video where we play the game uh also i'm sure we will then do one in-house at river horse as well because just recently we started to do videos uh ourselves as well so suddenly those two and i mean if you look around i saw already a few review video reviews cropping up there was one with the b-o-l-s balls <laughs> bell of last souls oh yes yeah uh, bell of last souls so the, the, there is a little video I, I, they don't quite play through the game they do more like an unboxing yeah an unboxing I, of the yeah it's thing. actually you mentioned that because I, I think um a couple i think actually a couple of days ago um jay uh, there's this uh, fan called jason del galdo and he um, actually started a, um, a YouTube page, I think called The Great, uh, The Dark Crystal Conjunction. And his first video was sort of like an, a, an overview and sort of almost like a, you know, a bit of a walkthrough um, of, of the board game. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like I suggest, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, I'd be curious, you know, yeah, uh, check it out, which I'll put it in the show notes. Um, please, please send me a link. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, and yeah, like I really enjoyed watching that sort of, you know, sort of got, you know, sort of confirmed a couple of things about, you know, with certain rules of the game. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, more coverage from the board game, you know, from, you know, your, your videos on your walk, walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very exciting time, um, you know, to be cool. a fan of the dark. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I do hope the review is good. Uh, obviously like all things, there's, uh, the internet is a very vocal place, and uh, yes, there's yeah. people that love our stuff and people that hate our stuff. And uh, it's actually quite entertaining as the as the author and also as the owner of the company, and, mm, yeah. <laughs> and particularly as somebody who is somebody who actually loves the AP. You see that I think quite some people don't get that behind the company there are people, and particularly a company as small as River Horse. We have a tiny company, we're not you know we're no Amazon, uh, and uh, so so when you know. When people, you know, somebody goes, oh, I hate this game. It's terrible because of this. This is, this is the worst game ever. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Ah. And and they do this review where they, they slaughter your thing. And from uh, from from somebody who has either designed it or or owns the company to design it, particularly if you design it yourself, I suppose, it's actually terribly painful. And, you know, when, when, particularly when you see also there's, a, there's inaccurate discrepancies, things that you go, but we haven't read the rules properly. 
<laughs> obviously you cannot talk to them, but it is quite a, an agony to watch these kind of things. And on the other hand, of course, so that's the negative side, that's the, the nasty stuff. I mean, and it's, in fact, there's, a, there's one particular review of The Labyrinth that cracks me up because the guy completely misses the point because it's all going on about how oh, this is not deep enough, this is not sophisticated enough, this is not complex enough. Uh, and you kind of go, uh, it's a game for six-year-olds that I played with my daughter and I want her to be able to play with me and it's designed for families. You know, this is the game you play at Christmas. You know, uh, you watch the movie, you play the game. It's not a uber tactical strategy game. You know, it's, it's not Warhammer 40k kind of thing. So, but... And that's the bad side. That's the bit that makes you kind of oh, the, the pre it kind of sucks your energy, saps your energy a bit. On the other end, there's the other side. There's the side when you get emails from families that go, "Oh my God, thank you so much. You know, we played it. You know, I I showed to my kids the film for the first time. We played through this. They loved it, and we had so much fun together as a family because it's a cooperative game. We played together, and you know it was a great two hours. And for me, when I read those kind of comments, it makes it all worth it. It makes all the stress, the all the effort, it makes it all worth it because you think, you know, yes, okay, it's a business. Fine, we are trying to <laughs> to make yeah. a living out of this. <laughs> yes, yeah. However. It, the thought of having brought joy to a family, even for just a couple of hours, an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. You brought them together. Important thing, they yeah. were playing together. Uh, they were having fun together through an IP that I love and they love. It's just, you know, it's fantastic. And it makes it all worth it. it, it yeah. You know, that, that, that's why yeah. we do yeah. this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, with the films like Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal, like they're sort of aimed, you know, like for, like, you know, for, you know, for kids, you know, from, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's, for for kids and, and all that kind of stuff um but like you know but sort of anyone from any age can actually you know uh watch and you know love it and appreciate it and and um and i think you know yeah like with these board games i know of course you know you could have gone through many directions you know you could have gone to that sort of hardcore sort of miniature tabletop warhammer style you know if you if you really wanted to um but i know yeah like you know from i guess the perspective of you know doing it as sort of you know a board game that's sort of um, that sort of anyone can sort of um, pick up the board game and, and 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 play the game with you know with their family you know and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that that must be yeah pretty um pretty awesome you know to to have that feeling of you know that there's been a lot of families that play these board games and really appreciate um, you know just just getting together and just having fun which is all about yeah yeah you try to you know like you know what I was saying about the film that. It has those beautiful levels where the kid will get an enjoyment and entertainment on a certain level, and the grown-up will get something else on top of that. It will get the struggle between good and evil, the you know the the the, the message of never giving up in front of, of adversity and you know, never despair. So there is, and the fact that good and evil in the end are just two sides of the same thing we all have good and evil in us and so it's, it's very deep to a certain level and obviously when you write a war, the board game you try to i tried to capture that in the sense that i want a game that a kid can play i roll the dice and i go left or go right so you know it's simple i can go this and that you know i enjoy it on a, you know, on a fun kind of level without thinking too hard while even a 
gamer that likes games, etc., can go right. Okay, I could go that way, but that implies that then this will happen, and then oh, maybe actually if I go this other way, I have more chances of losing this encounter. But maybe I can do this. I have this card. Maybe it's better if I actually don't force the issue. Maybe it's better to be defeated here to save up my card for later. So it's a game that hopefully, if we did our job right, is engaging on both levels. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, of course, these games cannot be a massive strategy game for two players, you know, deeply immersive kind of, you know, like chess-like. It is not that. That's no. a, it's certainly not that. No, no, um, no. But uh, yeah, but no, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, with the board game, and yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, very much looking forward to yeah, uh, to yeah, to really you know get into playing the board game, you know, with with friends and and family and. Um, yeah, and just have good times. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And, um, I just want to say, Alicia, uh, thank you so much for being on trial by stone. And I just want to know how can, um, our listeners find out more about your work, um, with, um, with river horse games. Well, uh, you can pop at our website on www.riverhorse.eu. Uh, with, we have a newsletter. We have plenty of new games coming up. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to check us out, please do. <laughs> You're very welcome. And, uh, yes, uh, I hope we'll, uh, we'll talk again later, maybe when uh, there when Age of Resistance comes out and we'll, we'll see what um, what it's all about. I'm very excited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a very exciting time, yeah, like with, with the show. And I, I can imagine sort of the potential now, you know, with Age of Resistance, you know, if you you, know, if you ever did like another sort of a board game that takes, you know, place during the, the show and, you know, you can have all these uh, Gelfling miniatures and all these different characters. It's um, like it must be exciting to sort of, you know, thinking up of all these um, possibilities now um, with, with the future of the Dark Crystal now. It is, certainly. It certainly is, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much uh, for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time. Time to return to the castle. Now that's all the time I have for this episode of Trial by Stone. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. You can check us out on Twitter at Dark Crystal Pod. We're also on Instagram at Dark Crystal Podcast. We also have a Patreon campaign happening with the podcast. You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast. And if you can give us a review on Facebook or on iTunes, that'd be greatly appreciated. I hope you all enjoyed the show and come back next time for more Trial by Stone.